You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live here on the Real Presence Radio Network. It is hour two. I'm one of your hosts this morning, Brad Gray. <laughs> You're Brad Gray. I guess I'm Brandon Clark then. In that We're case. just going to switch. <laughs> no, uh, so we heard over the break, Brad, that uh, they're not going to let us talk by ourselves anymore. That's a shame. So shame we do, we do have a, a guest, time. which we'll introduce in just a moment to uh, to help fill the time. Yep. But uh, no, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, we, we had a really great conversation in the first hour. If you missed any of it, please check out the podcast later today on realpresenceradio.com. Right. Also available on the Real Presence Radio app. A, a fabulous conversation with Janelle Gergen yes. about her new position as chancellor in the She's Diocese so awesome. of Crookston. Really. She really is. Yep. Uh, we had to honor our fathers and just yep. a beautiful story. Like, Please check this out to see how beautiful of a story this nomination was for Honor Our Fathers. Yeah, that was, that was powerful. It really was. And, and now we have Mary Funbuster Hanbury <laughs> comes to break up all of our fun. Yeah, we, we were having a great time just by <laughs> Until ourselves. I arrived. Thanks, Mary. <laughs> now, Mary, it's so good to have you this yeah. morning. Yeah, yeah, for those who haven't had, heard you on the radio before, Mary, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about sure. yourself? I think I'm known as like the pilgrimage lady. It's usually why they have me on. And saints, <laughs> and saints right? Oh, yeah, saints, art, that kind of thing. Yep. So I am the director of catechesis for the Diocese of Fargo. Been there now for 21 years. Um, I also have a passion for pilgrimage, so I started my own business in pilgrimages, gosh, I think it was back in 2015 or 2016. Mm. Obviously, COVID kind of, we had to not do so many trips during COVID or none. Yeah. Uh, but we're starting to come out of COVID, so we it's are. being exciting you, to uh, talk more about pilgrimage. So do you have some coming up? Or? I do, yeah. So uh, we're going to talk about, well, we could talk about it now, but one with Bishop Fulda here. Mm. In September, so for those um, for those who've not been on pilgrimage, or maybe you're a little hesitant of going overseas, especially right now, um, there are plenty of places in the United States to go on pilgrimage. And I know I've talked about some in the past, and we'll talk a, a couple more today, especially that are more tied to Lent. But this is a great opportunity to go on pilgrimage in the United States with a bishop, Bishop Fuld, that has not done any group pilgrimages. Um, with his flock so far, mm, and of ah. course I've got other people signed up from other dioceses. So he was going to do he was going to do some previous, right? Was that was, did it get canceled because of COVID? I thought there was some effort with Bishop. From- uh, well, he was doing one with the, the uh, Holy Sepulcher oh, people, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that one's still the, the Holy Lamb, but that one's been filled for years. So okay. um, this one is September 10th to the 14th, and we're just doing we're doing Washington D.C., we're doing uh, Philadelphia, we're doing Emmitsburg. Um, all be- great shrines and places. One of them is the um, the Franciscans in the Holy Land. So the Franciscan community is uh, caretakers of the shrine of the Holy Sepulcher in the Holy Land. Mm. One of them. Um, there's a group of religious or different um, faiths that kind of are caretakers. But the, they've had that presence in the Holy Land since the Middle Ages. And so they built a replica in Washington, D.C. Of, si- of the Holy Sepulcher, of the Church of the Nativity, in Washington, D.C., for pilgrims who might not ever be able to go over to the Holy Land. Uh-huh. So that's one of our stops. Um, and then Bishop, I've never been to the JP2 Center, but there's oh. the yeah. St. John Paul it's II. Great. It's great. Yeah. I've been there many yeah, times. Yeah, I haven't. And Bishop just loves it. And he's like, mm-hmm. we got to go there. And of course, Elizabeth Ann's Seed and Shrine is, mm. is beautiful and it's quaint and in the country. And mm. Wow. Um, so all kinds of great places. So please, they extended the. Uh, 
the deadline to the middle of April now. Nice. Um, so you can still sign up. You just got to go to the Diocese of Fargo website under events. Scroll down until you see Bishop Fulda's picture. And then uh, click that link. It'll take you to... Uh, we'll hit on this again more yeah. as we continue. You know, we hear this word pilgrimage, right? right. And uh, maybe some of us have been on pilgrimages, you know, like mm-hmm. the Real Presence Radio pilgrimages right. and such. Uh, but what is this idea of, of pilgrimage, especially in relation to the season we're in, in Lent? Right. So, you know, pilgrimage comes from the Old Testament. Um, Jesus used to go on pilgrimage. The Jews went on pilgrimage. There was... God had commanded them to go on pilgrimage, especially to um, Jerusalem, to the temple, and make an offering. Mm-hmm. And so from that, in the early church, um, people would go to the Holy Land. They wanted to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, like the Stations of the Cross, which we're going to talk about in a minute, and to relive the life of Jesus, and to, you go to make an offering. So what is a pilgrimage? It's a journey. It's a journey to God. It's a journey to the divine um, our life is a pilgrimage. The popes have always talked about that. Our, our, this is not our final destination. Mm. Um, so that's basically the, the concept of pilgrimage. It's a journey, journey and, to God. Uh, you know, you and I, Mary, we're both uh, the co-directors of the RCIA program. In addition to our diocesan yep. position, yep. we both have a second job as co-directors of RCIA for the cathedral here in Fargo, St. Mary's Cathedral and St. Paul's Newman Center. Um, and, you know, RCIA itself mm. goes back. We're going to be talking with one of our candidates here coming up next uh, in half hour but the pilgrimage uh was was actually something where uh in the early church right there was the the order of catechumens and the penances that people would have were far more intense than what we get in our when we go to confession right now and and pilgrimage was sometimes one of the the prescribed prescribed um requirements words are hard yeah the words are hard (laughs) they're very hard it's one of the things people had to do as a sign of their repentance for some grave sins, right? Right, right. The Middle Ages especially, that that was your penance, was to go on pilgrimage. And there are stories of of men who had to like put their affairs in order and, because it could be dangerous traveling on pilgrimage. You live in France and you got to travel on foot to Rome. That mm. was your penance. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was, there is the penitential aspect of pilgrimage as well. It's not a vacation, mm-hmm. you know? Right, right. So, you know, when we think about, it was, what, a couple of weeks ago in the gospel where Jesus went out into the desert yep. and was tempted by Satan. How, do, how can that parallel between our Lenten journey and, and going out on the, a journey to maybe a, a shrine in the U.S. or, you know, something like that? Sure, sure. So, remember I said that people went to the Holy Land to... Uh, to walk in the footsteps of Christ, but one of the things they did was walk the stations, the actual stations of the cross. Mm. They're marked in Jerusalem today. And so that connection of penance and then reliving, reliving the, the, the last days of Christ, um, that can be a beautiful Lenten um, observance or pilgrimage. So there are shrines here in the United States. I had talked about one, I don't know when this was, back on the radio at some point, um, the Passion of the Christ Shrine. It's in St. John, uh, Indiana, so just south of Chicago. It's a little small town, and it, it's kind of off the map. It's a relatively new shrine, but I was there last May, and I remember walking. So they're life-size stations, basically, um, mm. plus the resurrection part, mm. um, and plus a few extras that are outside of the Stations of the Cross, and you get to walk right up. So like one of them was um, Pilate washing his hands um, mm. with Jesus standing there, and there's actually the, like the praetorium is built. It's this huge 
like structure behind him and you walk up the steps and you stand next to Jesus as he's looking at Pilate, who's sitting in a chair washing his hands and you're right in the scene. So I remember being there thinking like, wow, I would love to come back here in Lent because they got this music playing and then they've got a little button you can push to get the story Mm. of that particular. And you can't see the next station. And then you go in another station and you're walking in a garden. Like you open a gate and you walk in the garden and you see these apostles sleeping in amongst the rocks and you turn the corner and all of a sudden you see Jesus and he's kneeling at a rock and there's a place right next to him where you can sit and be with him. And you feel, you don't see anything else. You just, you're covered by this like garden Mm. and you feel like you're with Jesus in the garden. And so you walk through this place and you're like, I want to come back here. And And I didn't have enough time. I think I had like over an hour there and I'm like, I need more time. This is like a gem. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so truly, that would be one where I would recommend people would go, especially during Lent. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. Um, oh, yeah, okay. So for those who can't travel, you mentioned Stations of the Cross. Yeah. How about just going to your parish and journeying and making a pilgrimage from each station in your parish? Right, exactly. You know, Stations of the Cross originally was meant to be a pilgrimage, so people would go to the Holy Land. They wanted to do the stations there, but eventually, it wasn't safe to go to the Holy Land. Uh, so the Franciscans created this way to do stations in, in their monastery first. And so they created this, like, okay, you just stand by each station. It's a way of a pilgrimage. And eventually the Pope extended that uh, through, you had to get permission from the Franciscans at first to even have stations in your churches. And obviously now every, every church has stations of the cross. But originally that's a, a type of pilgrimage. And two, in your own your own area, what could you do during Lent? Well, what about traveling to the neighboring parish and mm. doing the stations? Mm. You know, we could talk about maybe after the break in Rome, they have a tradition of the stational churches where people of Rome go to their neighbor churches. Now, the tradition was you go to the church of where the martyrs, the relics of the martyrs are. Mm. But today, you know, it, it could be, they just designate different churches around Rome. And some of those churches um, are only open during Lent, when it's really? their day, yeah, you could you can't get in them otherwise. Wow! So they're they're not active parishes then? No, no, oh. they're they're um, some of them aren't structurally uh, like they they can't handle a, a full crowd of pilgrims, okay. and so just to preserve them, they're only open during either the saints' feast day if they're named after a saint, or during the stational churches. Hmm. Um, today, I believe oh. it was uh, Saint Lawrence is the church that's open today. Really? Yeah, and it's the North American. Um, college, so our seminarians in Rome, uh, who kind of brought back this tradition. And so they have on their website, they have the, which church is, is that today, like today is St. Lawrence. And then they have a procession every morning, uh, the seminarians do to that church. And then there's mass you can go to at that so church. So you were telling me before that, that, so this is, they have 40 churches or something like that. They have one for each day of Lent. Is that yes, right? Yes, it is. And you can go, there's a web. So if you, I mean, we're not in Rome right now, so we yes. can't, but there is a website called uh, Crux Stazione. So Stations Cross, basically, um, that you can go on. And he does a beautiful job. His name is Jacob Stein. So you just Google it, you'll find it. So Crux, C-R-U-X, and then Stations. And he's got YouTube videos. So like this morning, and he does it where you're like, he walks with his camera. So it feels like you're walking Mm. in the church and you're looking around because he's showing you like you are going on pilgrimage there. And so each day you can do a station with him. And then he kind of gives you a little bit of info about the church, who's buried there, what happened there. Today, we got to see where St. Lawrence was grilled. What a great thing for parents to be able to do with yeah, their kids. Yeah, yeah, Because he talks about the art, and uh, he did a beautiful one at St. Peter's on Saturday. Uh, so, yeah, I recommend that one. Mm. 
If you're just tuning in, we are visiting with Mary Hanbury of the Diocese of Fargo. We do need Mary the- Funbreaker Hanbury. But yes, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to add that. The pilgrimage lady, though. The pilgrimage lady, yeah. <laughs> uh, we do have to head to a break. So stay with us. We're going to continue talking about pilgrimages and the Diocese of Fargo pilgrimage that's coming up, as well as many other things when Real Presence Live continues. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision specializes in pediatric eye care and vision therapy. We partner with a national infant eye exam program called Infant C, which provides eye exams for any baby under 12 months old. Many of the major childhood eye problems, such as lazy eyes, eye turns, and ocular diseases, can be detected in this early intervention exam. Infant C eye exams can be scheduled online at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud supporter of babies everywhere and a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, Please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management's properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. For questions, Rose Management can be reached at 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Hey, everyone. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live here on the Real Presence Radio Network. I'm one of your hosts this morning, Brandon Clark. That's uh, that's you. Yeah. You're Brandon Clark. This time Joined I get to be Brad, Brad Gray. Gray. That's right. You know, I, I have to comment on this because I, I just found it to be funny. <laughs> so the Feast of St. Lawrence today. And Mary <laughs> no, no, was, it's not. No. When, no, Brad? That's, that's August 10th. Brad August that one. 10th. I've got a, a special relationship with St. Lawrence because, um, well, for the first several weeks, uh, years at the diocese, I would uh, sort of mock tease St. Lawrence because he's got a feast day. And like everyone else, in the, you know, there are different degrees of solemnity in the church's liturgical calendar, right? You got yeah. the solemnities, the high solemnities that are the major feast days. Then you have feast days, then you have memorials and optional memorials, right? And so if you're doing the liturgy of the hours, it has more if you have more uh, higher solemnity. Um, and so the feasts are usually the apostles or you know, like the feast of the triumph of the cross, the cross of Jesus or things like that. 
And then there's St. Lawrence. Um, you know, it's just like, oh, St. Lawrence has a feast day. And then if you look at the Liturgy of the Hours, sometimes the Apostles' feast days don't have some of the extra stuff for their feast day, but St. Lawrence has, like, all of the, <laughs> they pull out all the stops. They're like, oh, well, he's no St. Lawrence or anything. And so I'm going on about this for years when I first started off in the diocese. And then finally I realized one, one August morning, I was at Mass on a Saturday morning at a local parish, and, uh, and it, they're, they're celebrating the Feast of St. Lawrence, and it finally dawned on me, this is the day that I started at the diocese. So it's like my, my patronal yeah. feast for my work at the diocese. So I've been kind of sucking up to him ever since. Nice. I, I like to invoke St. Lawrence and his intercession now. So Mary was saying that today... You, the Station Church the Station in Rome Church, is St. Lawrence. Yes, St. Lawrence, and she made a comment about how you can see where he was grilled. And immediately alive, yeah. after that, Brad's like, a great thing to do with your kids. <laughs> I, just, I mean, it, the, the history and martyrdom is beautiful. The yeah, broadening yeah, the boundaries of uh, parenting. I just found that strategies. Funny. <laughs> so, Mary, thanks for doing like with that us. on a Friday when you're doing grilled cheese sandwiches or something like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mary, you know, we talked about stations of the cross. We talked about the the, the video stations that we just mentioned. Uh, are there any other things that we can do as we continue talking about pilgrimages? You know, we talked about going to the church and doing the stations. Anything else that we can do to make a pilgrimage during Lent as a family? Sure. So let me give you an example of something I did uh, quite a few years ago. So I, I did. I went on pilgrimage to the Holy Land, and I got back, and there were certain um, sites or things that really just struck me spiritually in the Holy Land. And one of them was the um, the room, or actually, it's like a, a cave of where Jesus was held before uh, he was brought out to Pontius Pilate. So it's the house of the high priest. And I was so struck by that, that when I got home, I wanted to like, continue that experience. So I picked a room in my house, and I kind of set it up with a, a picture of Jesus, and I got some candles. And so I, I made this uh, like a mini extended pilgrimage where I went down. It was in a lower level of my house. Uh, and I got up super early. Like, I think I was up at 5.30. And I just got out of bed before I started my day, my shower, anything like that. I would go and sit in this room and just be with Jesus like he was hmm. in the in the cave, just hanging there, waiting mm, for his wow. execution. So something, and we all, you know, we all probably did this during the pandemic, uh, Holy Week, like Holy Thursday. That was another time that I set up a little spot in my basement, basically, because, you know, we, we leave the church and we go into the Garden of Gethsemane with Jesus. And so I kind of set up a little spot there and that's where I went. So that's certainly something you can do at home. This Lent is to set up a spot in your own home mm-hmm. and then it's a, it, Pilgrimage is a, it's going, so you, you want to have somewhere where you're going somewhere different. Mm-hmm. It could be, I suppose, at Grandma's house or wherever's house, but uh, just setting up a room where you have a picture of Jesus, the sacred sacred uh, spot, a candle, some prayers are said, petitions are read, you know, or family petitions. What are we offering? What are we doing here? That kind of thing. So yeah, there's, there's beautiful ways that you don't even have to leave your own home that you can do like a mini uh, pilgrimage. You know, an ancient tradition, we always think pilgrimage is going somewhere, but there is an ancient tradition of a, a lambreth, which has been kind of hijacked by a new age. But traditionally, uh, it was sort of a way to make a pilgrimage where you weren't going anywhere. So hmm. you couldn't, if you couldn't go anywhere, but you go to your local church. So Chart, uh, France is, is the one example I'm thinking of, is you walked this path, a lambreth is like a, how would you describe a lambreth? Uh, like well, you a, know, it's, it's almost like a maze, right? Yeah, like a maze. Yeah, and uh, traditionally it was you walked the path, and when you got to the middle, there was like a little picture of a church of Jerusalem. So along the way, there are prayers to be said um, as you 
did this journey. That's so, really cool. Yeah. So uh, I know we're, we're you're well, we're situated in the Diocese of Fargo, right? But you actually go around just on your own time checking out different yeah, sites throughout the country. Yeah. Uh, it, it is. It's a, it's an interest. It's a passion of yours. Um, for local area pilgrimage sites, are there things that you recommend? Uh, yeah. So I would say out in Bismarck, they have the beautiful Abbey, the Benedictines, going to visit them. Okay. Uh, for sure. Um, the in La Crosse, I think most people have probably heard of the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe. It's more of a recent shrine. Mm-hmm. It's also beautiful. Uh, just picking out cathedrals. So sure. I know the year of St. Joseph, it would have been a beautiful pilgrimage to go to, to uh, Sioux Falls and see the cathedral. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there. we actually have the Solemnity of St. Joseph coming up oh, on true. Saturday, yes, we right? we do. Yeah. That is a beautiful cathedral. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is. So the, the Cathedral of St. Joseph. Um, Sioux City, if you want to go that far, has... Uh, a beautiful shrine up there, and I can't think of the name at the mm. moment. The Trinity Heights Shrine, um, also a very beautiful, peaceful place to uh, to be. You know, you just kind of, especially if you're if you're planning to go anywhere, if you're traveling for work, you're thinking like we need to do a family vacation. There is a great book. I know I mentioned it last time, where you can kind of check out if there's shrines uh, on your on your way. If it's a work trip or if you're just taking a family trip, it's called. Um, let me find it here. Monuments, Marvels, and Miracles by Marian Amberg. Hmm. It's a recent book. I think it just came out the last year or two. But it's, it gives you a map of the United States and then all the different shrines and locations that you can uh, go to. Sure. That's how I found the, the St. John Shrine. Oh, cool. Or the Passion of Christ. So one thing, I mean, in Lent, we, we're a bit thinner on saints, right? The, the church doesn't have a whole lot of feces yeah. during Lent. Yeah. But, but it is the case where you could do something where, you know, you mentioned the the Cathedral of St. Joseph in Sioux Falls, but really any church of St. Joseph, you could make a, right. a pilgrimage during a, a feast of that saint, right? And there's there's uh, there's special indulgences that are attached with that, right? I believe so, yes. I haven't looked into the specifics of that, but there's always indulgences attached to pilgrimage. So kind of on that point, like um, you've been on many pilgrimages, you've led many pilgrimages. Tell us a little bit about the graces that'll come during a pilgrimage. Um. It's so many different ways. You know, sometimes it's the site of where you're at. Like I mentioned, the uh, the cave where Jesus was kept in the Holy Land, that just, that really struck me there. Other times, it's the people I'm with, hmm. that things are conversations, um, their own conversions, or just, uh, yeah, because you're journeying with these people for, you know, it could be 10 days or how many days. Other times, it's... Um, uh, the liturgies that happen, mm. you know, at, at the sites that you uh, you just experience this beautiful liturgy and the and the universality of the of the Catholic Church, um, the history that always strikes me in Rome. You know, I loved walking into St. Peter's Basilica and they've got uh, different altars all the way around that church. It's huge, and the uh, the wooden floor that the priest would stand on, you could see that it's worn in the middle. So I think about how many years the basilica has been there since. Um, now, I don't know the, if the wooden floors were taken from the old basilica at the time of Constantine or if they were rebuilt when Julius, uh, Pope Julius redid the, the basilica. But to think of how many masses were said there wow. through centuries and all the pilgrims and the saints who came there themselves yeah. and saw that same, or maybe had mass there, that same spot. So mm. you, you really get a sense mm. of like, this is part of our heritage is yeah. to go to visit these places. And kind of being soaked in, in the... The sanctifying, redemptive power of Jesus down through the ages, right? Right, right, right. 
So I want to make sure we only have about three minutes left. I want to make sure we talk about the Diocese of Fargo pilgrimage coming up with Bishop Folda one more time. Can you just go through those details and where people can find out more information? Yeah, so it's September 10th through the 14th. Uh, we're going to D.C., Emmitsburg, where uh, Elizabeth Ann Seton was. Uh, Philadelphia, Bishop Fulda went to seminary in Philadelphia, so he was the one like, oh, we got to go there. There's so many beautiful shrines and things to say there. Uh, uh, Henry Newman is there, and um, Kathleen Drexel, and mm-hmm. other places. So where you can find this is on the website of the Diocese of Fargo under events. Scroll down to see Bishop Fulda's picture. And then there is a link there. They're going to um, extend the deadline to the middle of April. And that's FargoDiocese.org. Correct. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And then, you know, just really quick, we were talking in the break about a couple of big things coming up in, yeah. in the life of the church. Can you just mention a little bit about that? Well, we have a jubilee year coming up in 2025. Every 25 years, the church has what's called a jubilee year. Mm. Our last official jubilee year or regular regularly slotted jubilee year was the year 2000 and then every now and then a pope can call an extraordinary jubilee and pope francis did that um gosh back in i can't remember the date <laughs> yeah i don't remember 2016 or 18 15, one of those yeah. is that for the year of mercy yeah, yeah for the yeah. year of mercy yeah. so that was not a regular scheduled jubilee and john year. paul really oriented his whole pontificate toward that yeah. great jubilee of 2000 he did he did so we are coming up the next one after is in 2025, and then after that it's 2050. So there's going to be a generation mm-hmm. of people that this is their only chance to go on a jubilee year. And the theme is going to be pilgrims of hope. Mm-hmm. And there's always a call to go on pilgrimage for a jubilee year. So for people who've never been on a pilgrimage, um, that's going to be your year. Obviously, if you want something local, this one uh, that we're doing in September, where we're just staying in the United States, great opportunity is there as well. But if you're thinking, gosh, I've always wanted to go to the Holy Land or Rome, especially because they'll have the special Jubilee doors that will be opened. Yeah. Um, this is the time to start saving money and uh, kind of putting that as your goal, like because everybody should really go on a pilgrimage. Every Catholic should at some time in their life. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And when we get closer to that, uh, we'll, we'll have to have you talk about the Jubilee door, too. Yeah. That is such a cool thing. That is a cool thing. It's well, Mary, I have to say that, that you changed my tune. You are you are now Mary Funbringer. <laughs> no good. longer the Funbringer. That's good. That yes. great. You're still the pilgrimage lady, though. I'm still and the pilgrimage lady. lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for being on with us, Mary. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, as I talked about at the beginning of the show, we have some amazing people who are going through the process of being able to come into the church at Easter, the RCIA candidates. And we have one who will be joining us after the break to talk about his story and his excitement for becoming Catholic. Stay with us on Real Presence Live as we continue next. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 